This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. time since I've been up here. It's actually been six years this week. I figured that out the other day while I was prepping for this. So um, yeah, it's good to be here. Um, I want to take a moment and honor Darren and Wendy as well, because I was thinking yesterday that I think I have probably had more confrontational, difficult, argumentative conversations with Darren than I have with any other person in my life. (laughs) I'm not prone to have confrontational, argumentative conversations, but um, Darren saw something in me and called that out in me and gave me a place for that to grow and develop and he took a chance on me and I would not be who I am today without Darren and Wendy and the harbor and I am super, super thankful and those confrontations have made me and him a better person, I believe, and we have grown together and and it's a blessing to be standing here again. Um, as Darren said, I moved here in 2003 to help plant the harbor and I lived here for 15 years most of that time I was on staff here and in 2018 so almost four years ago I left and moved to Charlotte North Carolina so I've been in Charlotte for three and a half years and so one of the things that is different there are many things that are different but Seasons are a thing that exists in the world outside of South Florida, where they physically change outside, and you visually see the actual shifting of seasons. It's a magnificent thing, guys. It's wonderful. Um, So I'm going to speak into that, but I want to pray first. Father, thank you for this house and this body for all that you are doing in this place. Um, Thank you for your presence here today, Holy Spirit. I pray that you would move on our hearts and that you would teach us more about the Son and about who we are and how friendship with him makes us the best versions of ourselves, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. So seasons... When you live here, I think the longer you live here, the more attuned you become to subtle changes in season, right? Like you see the the light shift, you feel the slight drop in humidity, and then you make rituals that represent the change of season even when you don't feel it. So everybody goes to Starbucks on the first day of September to pretend like it feels like fall and drink the pumpkin spice drink when it's still 90 degrees and 80% humidity outside. And that's how you represent the change of season into fall, right? I lived here a long time, I know. (laughs) So I am 
in my fourth actual fall where the leaves change and the weather does change. And it was 86 in Charlotte when I left on Thursday. And when I get home tonight, tomorrow night, it will be 45. So it's a big, it's a big shift. Um, seasons are transitional. And none of them actually last for a very long time. <laughs> and life in God is like that too. And spring, in particular, is an extremely transitional season. It's another thing that South Florida doesn't tangibly know very much about. But the body of Christ really loves springtime, right? Like, we sing a lot of songs about spring. There's a lot of verses about spring and blooming and all the things. And this past spring, um, my actual experience of the season of spring was a little different than the spiritual tone that we usually take about it because everything is blooming in spring and it looks really pretty. However, spring is a very chaotic season, guys. <laughs> like the blooming brings out this yellow stuff called pollen that gets all over your house and all over your car and all over everything you touch and it gives you really bad allergies and you sneeze and your eyes water and you feel like junk because all of the things are blooming. But it looks pretty, <laughs> but you don't feel great. And the weather is incredibly volatile in springtime because the change, like the cold is going out and the warm is coming in. So there's tornadoes and there's really bad storms, sometimes violent and destructive ones. And you wake up in the morning and it's one temperature. And by the evening, you need like 14 less layers of clothes than you had in the morning. And it's unpredictable. And for someone like me who really likes to know what their day is going to be like, it's really difficult to know how to navigate a transitional season like spring. And so in the midst of this past spring, when there was a lot of transition happening in my own life, I had this kind of natural revelation about what was happening around me. And I was telling this to Julie on the phone and she was like, Michelle, that's a word for yourself. <laughs> and I was like, oh, things are changing. Things are blooming. Like it's a good season. Things are blooming. But I can't get my head around all of the, the transitional pieces of things that are very difficult to move me into the full bloom of what the Lord has for me. And I feel like that is a word for the Harbor Church. I feel like it's a word for the world, actually, because we are in an extended season of transition, there's not a person in this room whose life does not look completely and utterly different than it did a year and a half ago. Like, we're, like the, the Lord is shaking everything that can be shaken in the world, in the church, in our own lives. And there's a lot of transition even in this place. You guys have a building situation going on here. You've had a lot of staff change in the last six months. There's a lot of things that are, that are changing. And what I want to say and leave with you is that the Lord is worthy of our trust in the midst of transition. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows how we got here. He knows where we're going. He knows the perfect amount of pressure and the perfect amount of testing and the perfect amount of refreshing and life that needs to flow to move you 
through the transition so that you can get past the initial blooming and into the full-blown growth, into the green, lush, happy, joyful place where we were made to live with him. Um, But transition is hard (laughs) because at every new beginning is the end of something else. Like we are constantly ending and beginning things. We are constantly starting something new, but everything that new only comes because something else ended. And being able to find and hang on to Jesus, to trust him and find friendship with him in that place is the only thing that will sustain us when we don't see. Because a lot of times when something is ending, we don't know what's beginning yet. There's a huge element of trust at work there. And even when something is beginning, sometimes we don't know all the things that had to end to get there either. And sometimes (laughs) we don't know what is ending or is beginning and we have no idea because we see through a glass darkly and maybe that's the worst. But um, whichever of those places you find yourself, I would imagine that we often find ourselves in one or the other. And really in all of it, (laughs) Jesus is the thing that makes it worth it. And Jesus is the one that that helps us find the answers to sustain us through the transition. Um, I wanna read Hebrews 1, verses one through four from the Passion Translation. It says, throughout our history, God has spoken to our ancestors by his prophets in many different ways. The revelation he gave them was only a fragment at a time building one truth upon another. But to us living in these last days, God now speaks to us openly in the language of a son, the appointed heir of everything. For through him, God created the panorama of all things and all time. The son is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor, the exact expression of God's true nature, his mirror image. He holds the universe together and expands it by the mighty power of his spoken word. He accomplished for us the complete cleansing of sins and then took his seat on the highest throne at the right hand of the majestic one. So that's Jesus right there. Um, The first thing I wanna hit on is in verse two, where it says to us living in these last days, Um, (laughs) those last days were written in the book of Hebrews in AD between 50 and 64. That's approximately 1970 years ago. And the last days they're referring to is the second coming and the return of Jesus. So these guys reading and writing this book almost 2000 years ago were really like believing that Jesus was coming back, that these were the last days of humanity before Jesus took the fullness of inheritance. And it's now 1970 years later, guys. So there is an element of our faith that, that we may still never see. Like this is the fullness and the completion of what we, what we long for. And 
I love a good end times discussion, maybe more than most people, to be honest. <laughs> like, it's super interesting. It's great. The return of Jesus in 19, Revelation 19.11, when he splits the sky on his white horse, I live for that day, y'all. <laughs> I live for it. I long for it. I want it. But Jesus himself doesn't know when that day is coming. <laughs> and... I think we often as a church get a little off in, in our reading of the times and seasons because we can't do it fully. And the only reason I'm saying this right now is to refocus our eyes on where we are right now. Like we feel like the earth has shifted in massive ways. And Jesus is absolutely doing something in his bride, but all times are soon to Aslan, okay? <laughs> God lives outside of time. And the gift of my relationship with him is that he is present with me right now today in this moment in all the things I do know and on all the things I don't. And I need to find him in his presence in this moment and not be so caught up in the things that I can't know yet. Um, this passage that I read also <laughs> sums up the reality of Jesus's godness and his humanity in like four small sentences. He is the language of a son. God speaks to us through his son. Uh, John 1 says that he is the logos, which is the divine expression, the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Like everything that <laughs> that we need can be found in Jesus. Now, I don't say that in any kind of a trite, cliche sort of way. Like, you have a problem? Well, Jesus is the answer to your problem. Like, I mean, sure, but that's not what I mean. <laughs> what I mean is that in every circumstance that I find myself, <laughs> Jesus has the ability to speak into it through the Holy Spirit that lives in me. Because Jesus was fully human and also fully God. So in as much as he sat at the right, like sat with God in the very beginning before anything was formed, and as much as he was preexistent and formed the fullness of things that we know, he also chose to submit himself to not know the preexistent things that God the Father knows. And he took on the form of a man. Not just a man, but a baby. Like he, he came in the most humble form and he grew and he grew and he learned and he learned like we learn. And he understands humanity. He understands what it is to be hungry and to be tired and to be hot or cranky or anything. He understands loss. He certainly understands betrayal. He knows what it is to be misunderstood. <laughs> and he walked out humanity perfectly in connection to his heavenly father so that he could be an example to us that says, hey, you can do it too, because I did it. I understand your ways, and I know that there is a way for me to connect you to the Father. And then he went through 
the worst suffering that anyone will ever have to walk through. And he felt the abandonment. He took on on the cross all of our pain. And all of the separation that he felt that he had never known, like he he understands deeply in a human way, the rejection that you feel, the anxiety that you feel, he walked all of that out and he didn't sin in it. Like he never stepped out of his father's will in that place. And he gives to you the example (laughs) that you can keep going. And in that place of humanity, when he died on a cross and he sat in the grave for three days and then he was resurrected, in the midst of that transition and that transition that all of human history turns on, (laughs) that is the centerpiece of the whole thing. That's the whole point. That's the way that God got his family. That's the entry point for us to be the friends of God. That's why any of it has ever happened. (laughs) And the beauty of Jesus on the cross (laughs) for the joy set before him, (laughs) which was you (laughs) and which was me, he endured everything. He endured the complete abandonment and rejection of his closest friends. He endured the physical pain and suffering that we can't even possibly imagine. He endured the separation from his father that he had never not known in a tangible, close way. He he suffered in those things because the deepest longing of his heart was to know you, was to be your friend was his longing to walk with you in intimate communion all of your days on earth and then in eternity. And so in in a transitional season, (laughs) when everything is shaking and we don't know what we can hold on to, and when we (laughs) are just like swirling and chaotic and don't think anything is is firm, is stable. There is, there is an extension of the hand of Jesus to you. There is an opportunity and an invitation for you to engage with Jesus, the human side of Jesus, and to connect and to tell him how you feel and to tell him how hard it is and to tell him that you're mad at him if you need to tell him that because he can take it. (laughs) And we spend so much of our time over-spiritualizing our grief and our pain, okay? And we have a bit of a church culture traditionally that tells us that we have to be good and we have to be happy and we need to be joyful and we need to speak life over things and we should speak life over things. So don't hear what I'm not saying. <laughs> but but there's a real rawness and an honesty that the Godhead longs to have with you. Because transition is really hard, okay? (laughs) Endings are really hard. And beginnings, even when they're good beginnings, are really hard. Like, I don't have any children, but a baby is a great beginning. Like, a new baby in your house is a huge gift from God. But Lord knows, not sleeping for days on end is not 
happy. Like, that's not happy. That's a hard transition. So even in the joyful things, there are, there are hard parts. And our invitation from the Lord is to, to, to come there with him. Open ourselves to him. Don't put all the fronts up. Let the walls down. Talk to him like, like he's your friend sitting across the table from coffee. And, let him, and then let him speak back to you. Because there is an element of his godness that is still, that is still at work. Always. Because he sees what we don't see. And he speaks what we can't speak. And he lets us in, in revelation into things that, that we would never know if he didn't tell them to us. Um, Song of Songs 512. It's one of my favorite passages in the Bible because it's uh, just a reflection of the deep character of God, I encourage you to read it. I'm not going to take the time to do it all myself today. But in the Passion Translation, it's especially profound. But Song, Song of Songs 512 says, He sees everything with pure understanding. How beautiful his insights without distortion. His eyes rest upon the fullness of the river of revelation flowing so clean and pure. And it's a verse that in the last year or so has come back to me over and over. And the way it's come back to me, honestly, has been through God giving me revelation on my own life that I had been asking to see for years now. (laughs) And as he has unfolded things, in a beautiful way, after many years of being in quite a wilderness. (laughs) He has continued to show me that as much as he is in the season right now where things are blooming and coming to life, he was also in the season when they were falling apart. And his presence in the midst of them falling apart, (laughs) when I to be honest, couldn't see it or chose to ignore it or didn't want to hear about it. Like he was as much present in that because he was dismantling things in me that had to be taken apart in order for me to bloom and walk into the things that I was meant to do now, that I'm barely stepping into right now. And I had so idolized promises over my life. And I had so put those promises into such a very particular context of how I was insistent that they had to be fulfilled. That when all of those things that I seemingly thought were my promises fell apart in quite dramatic fashion, (laughs) I went through like the deepest darkness brokenest, all alone with Jesus, literally place that I have ever been in my life. And I couldn't see a lot for a long time. And I don't honestly know other than sometimes just sheer force of will to say, fine, I'm so mad at you right now, but I will say yes to do that thing you're telling me to do that. I don't want to do it. But I said yes, and here I am. And... It's been 
a lot of years now. Five? Five years. It was probably like six years of transition in my life, okay? (laughs) Six years of transition, and many of them were super dark, super painful, and super broken. And as things, like, and then the Lord starts to move because he allows as much pressure as you need to get to the point. I was pretty stubborn, okay, guys? I'm not gonna lie. I don't consider myself a stubborn person. I think that most of my friends are more stubborn than me in way, way so many ways. I generally go with the flow, but I like held on really hard for a long time to things that he needed me to let go of. And when I finally let go of them, he started to move. But even once they were let go, it was like three years probably of healing and of gentleness and of him slowly but surely speaking things back to life. And so I really relate to that verse that I just read that I don't see where it went. He sees everything with pure understanding. His insights are beautiful and they are without distortion. And he has never, ever wavered in where he was taking you or me or this house or anything. Like he has sovereignly protected it all the way. Even when the enemy came and even when the enemy stole, which he does. (laughs) But the Lord is sovereign over that too. And I want to end with this. Um, Megan and Bobby, if you guys want to come up. Um, It's been a long winter around here in the spirit. Um, One of the things about winter that I learned in a city where there are multiple seasons (laughs) is that the reason that all the leaves fall off the trees... And in Charlotte, they like wrap the trees with these like, it's like a cushiony, like almost like a vest around the tree to keep it warm. I was very puzzled by these things. But as I, as I read a little, what happens in winter is that the tree sheds all of the extraneous things because it needs to stay alive, right? Like it needs the water to flow from the roots to keep the core of it alive, because it knows that that season isn't gonna last forever and it wants to bloom again. So in winter, everything gets kind of stripped away. It all sort of falls apart. But it's actually pretty beautiful. Like I think like the starkness of winter and how nature keeps itself alive in the coldest places is really, really beautiful and profound. And so I feel like that it's been a really long spiritual winter here. <laughs> like, like a lot of stuff has, has fallen off. It's been a lot of, a lot of time of, of just keeping, keeping things alive, like letting the water flow to the places it need to, needs to. Um, but what I want to read over you guys is... From Song of Songs 2. And it says, The season has changed. The bondage of your barren winter has ended, and the season of hiding is over and gone. The rains have soaked the earth, 
and left it bright with blooming flowers. The season for singing and pruning the vines has arrived. I hear the cooing of doves in our land, filling the air with songs to awaken you and guide you forth. Can you not discern this new day of destiny breaking forth around you? The early signs of my purposes and plans are bursting forth. The budding vines of new life are now blooming everywhere. The fragrance of their flowers whispers, there's change in the air. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place, for now is the time to arise and come away with me. For you are my dove, hidden in the split open rock. It was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. How beautiful your eyes of worship and lovely your voice in prayer. You must catch the troubling foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship for they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together. This is a springtime passage. So the season has changed, okay? I like speak and prophesy and declare that over this house. The season has changed. Springtime is here, but the springtime comes with all the transition. comes with all the uncertainty, all the allergies, all the slight swirl of chaos. And the Lord's call to you in this season is to let him do the pruning that he needs to do. It's to catch the foxes that he wants you to catch. This this chapter in... um, New King James, where it says the season for singing and pruning the, in the, in the New King James, it just says singing. In the notes on the Passion Translation, he goes into it deeper, and the singing is actually the song. It's the beautiful music that comes from the sound of, of the vines being pruned, like the swish of the, whatever you cut things off of vines with, I don't know. But there's beauty in that song. There's beauty in the pruning. There's beauty in your submission to him and that things are blooming and it's time. And there's just a little more tending of the garden that needs to be done for it all to grow in its fullness. So catch the troubling foxes with him. I feel like that's his invitation to you. Like, like, like press into the pruning and press in to figure out what those little things that need to be caught are. Is it anxiety? I've had a lot of anxiety lately, to be honest. And it's an invitation to run towards him and not away from him in it. To not over-spiritualize what I'm feeling and to say, ah, I feel really weird right now. Why do I feel weird right now, Jesus? Is there an open door that he wants to close? Is there a place he needs to heal? Is there maybe a spiritual battle that I do need to fight and just like shut things down? I don't know what the answer is. It probably is a different answer for every single one of you. That's the beauty of being friends with Jesus. He doesn't give you standard answers for across the board. What is right for me in this season may be completely wrong for for someone else. But what's right for them may be completely wrong for me and that's okay. Because we are all 
unique and individual. And that's why we need a friend like Jesus because he knows me and he knows you. And so that's what I wanna press into just as we close here. I'm gonna let Bobby and sing this song that completely wrecked me a couple weeks ago, but I just wanna close with this prayer and I wanna let you guys spend a few minutes just, just sitting with the Lord and asking him what you need to what you need to catch and what he needs to prune. Jesus, I thank you for your grace to be present in all things with us. I thank you for your willingness to lay down all of the God parts of you to be fully human so that you could know how we feel. And I welcome your humanity into this room through Holy Spirit to minister, to speak, to bless, to heal, to encourage. Just ask you to speak to your, to your sons and daughters, to your, to your brothers and sisters, really. Speak to your friends about where they are in this moment of transition. Speak life to your friends, Jesus. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.